Welcome everyone to show number 88 of the Fendrian Cast series. Um, it's been a funny old, uh, funny old festive period. I hope you all got some top quality Christmas gifts. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I did uh, a new Garmin amongst them, which uh, revolutionised the uh, the way. I do feel a little bit saddened to have got rid of my uh, of my old. Uh, uh, my old Garmin Edge uh, 500 I think it is um, but the new one uh, swanky and exciting and loading everything up directly to my mobile phone I'm going to miss those hours of one waiting for our aged laptop to power up uh, and then two the uh, period of great uh, disgruntlement when you're trying to connect cables and all that kind of stuff I finished uh, a session on the turbo yesterday and um, before I'd even barely sort of sat down with a nice uh, glass of water to uh, recover because I'm old um, oh, my phone was pinging to tell me that the, uh, the the data was on Garmin Connect and Strava so uh, yeah. yeah for some of you this may not be revolutionary news that, that, that this sort of uh, hardware exists but, but for me uh, it is only it's only my third, my third Garmin I think I've owned uh, so yeah um, I'll bore you maybe next week with another wonderful feature from it or, or maybe maybe not um we were planning on uh, consecutive shows talking about um well we did the classics one the classics review of 2017 i wanted to try and get all of the reviews of 2017 done in within 2017 but that obviously the chris Froome um saga and put a stop to put a stop to that because we felt that that was something that that obviously needed our um strong and considered um, attention which we were happy enough uh, happy enough to give it so I don't feel too bad that, that we didn't uh, that we didn't um, you know push on and, and ignore the Froome uh, stuff so it kind of the next one in the line uh, after the classics of course was a Grand Tour review and that is going to be made quite difficult because of, uh, of can we call it Froomegate? I think we did we christened that didn't we the other week uh, because of Froomegate so we will press on we will discuss um, as if you know Froome is still the winner of those uh, of those Grand Tours in question um, but obviously there is a quite a big asterisk at the end of, uh, of, of, of Grand Tours as there has been Grand Tour winners from you know, from Indurain, Indurain on pretty much, even including Wiggins and, you know, now through. So we'll press on and, uh, yeah, just bear that, in, bear that in mind that this content, if you're listening to it in June when you're, you know, on holiday on the beach or something, uh, might, might look really or sound really silly now. But anyway, the three grand tours. So the three big tours are of the year, the three-week tours, and that's how they qualify to be the grand tour, are the Giro, the uh, Tour of Italy, the Tour, the Tour of France, Tour de France, and uh, the Vuelta, the Tour of Spain. And they come at uh, strategically important points uh, of the season, really. Um, it's not. It's in recent living memory that the change to the calendar was made to move the, the Vuelta from a kind of almost sort of con kind of starting um, April, May time and then the Giro in May and then the Tour de France in July 
but uh, in the early 90s the Tour of Spain was moved to its kind of late August into September slot that it that it holds now and uh, each of the the big the, these big three tours are you know they're they're quite well entrenched now and they they add quite a bit of value to uh, to the cycling calendar first up is the Giro which kind of comes at that end of spring classic lull that everyone's kind of uh, got themselves into and <coughs> excuse me the Giro probably aesthetically the, uh, the, the the best looking tour in terms of the countryside you've got the various you know mountains that, that Italy offers you know the famous uh, ones being of course the Alps and the Dolomites um, but it's quite lumpy down south you've got a whole host of off coast islands and now you've got volcanoes that, that the organizers seem keen to take the race to um, and you know this year this year was no different it was a fantastic looking uh, looking race um, but it was kind of uh, decided the contenders were decided early on when there was a crash that took out um, Geraint Thomas uh, and Wilco Kelderman and you felt that Wilco Kelderman's absence was uh, was going to be a really telling part of the race because his team leader Tom de Moulin of uh, Sunweb was looking to win the race um, and become the first Dutch Grand Tour winner well you know we say that the race has changed uh, their shape in uh, recent living memory a Grand Dutch Grand Tour winner uh, is not in recent living memory it was 1981 uh, the last one so De Moulin was up against history he was also up against it with one of his key mountain teammates um, ending his race in the same way as Thomas uh, by hitting a, a police motorbike that was stopped at the side of the course um, that was one of the first key mountain days and was won by Nairo Quintana and you felt at that point that maybe uh, in terms of the race for the pink jersey the Giro d'Italia was over um, but Quintana showed himself to be fairly fragile during the race the, his season kind of was about the Giro Tour double he wasn't he was on his way up still in the Giro and he was definitely on his way down in the Tour so um, you know it didn't quite work out for him it was quite an attacky type of race uh, Nibali was always fairly active Tom de Moulin took the pink jersey um, he also uh, put a bit of distance into some of his rivals uh, at Europa in a mountain stage um, but just when it looked that he was home and he was uh, he was dry Figuratively speaking, um, a bit of uh, a bit of tummy trouble saw him at the side of the road, and the race disappearing in the distance. That actually, probably that day, was probably De Moulin's best ride or best ride I've seen him do of his career. Because even though he was behind the race, you know he didn't panic. You've seen kind of team leaders get dropped, their team wait for them, and then them shed their teammates. Um, you know, so so this was a this was a fantastic effort for him to measure, and he knew he was going to lose time. He didn't bust a gut to try and not lose time. He accepted that there was some time going against him, but he also worked really hard on minimising that time and making sure that he still had, you know, something in his envelope for the for the, the rest of, of the of the race. And uh, with that in mind, by the time it got to the uh, the time trial on the Formula One circuit at Monza and then into town, you know, he looked fairly comfortable and still had enough in the tank to take the race. It was a beautiful, beautiful measured piece of uh, of cycling, and De Moulin 
a deserved a deserved winner, you'd have to say. Um, he wasn't present at the tour, uh, which left Froome versus Quintana as uh, versus Port as the big battle. Uh, the tour lost an outsider in Valverde on the first day, a horrible rainy day uh, in Dusseldorf in, in Germany. Um, Geraint Thomas, the surprise yellow jersey in that time trial, and held it quite well uh, until La Planche de Belfi, which kind of has become, if the tour, if, if Alt d'Huez is the Dutch mountain, La Planche is now the British mountain. Froome and Thomas and uh, Wiggins all having yellow jerseys there in, in, in the short history the race has been up that climb um, Fabio Rue announced himself as a contender at that point by winning that stage and kind of being a, a thorn in, in Froome's side for, for a period of, of that tour until you got to uh, Perigood where Froome blew and the jersey went to Aru by that stage Contenders had started to fall off. Dan Martin had injured a vertebrae in a crash. Uh, Richie Port was gone, uh, but support for Froome in the form of Thomas was gone. So uh, the, the race looked like it was set up beautifully. Rigoberto Ran was in the mix. Roman Bardet was still in the mix, and then, apart from one or two instances with mechanicals for Froome, where the race should or shouldn't have ridden off. Um, knows it didn't really then ignite in the mountains as everyone seemed to rise fairly defensively probably the best performance or in you know the best stage for, for in the, the latter closing part of the race was uh, the one that uh, Primoz Roglic won um, at last one of the last penultimate mountain days um, with a cheeky little solo attack other than that that particular you know the closing it, it got to the time trial and and Froome was was fairly dominant and you know France was was kind of not sure whether to back Barguil going for stages or Bardet for the overall so it was I, I, I enjoy the tour I'm certainly never going to be one of these guys that bashes it for a boring route or but you know fine it's still the tour it's still an amazing occasion the second half maybe the racers were too tired from the first half uh, to actually make some, you know, try and put some some time into into Freeman. You know, he won. It wasn't really in any doubt, despite the fairly close time margins. Froome then, kind of at the end of the tour, was Willy Wonty for the Vuelta. Um, he was always, you know, keen to to show himself in the Vuelta. He came to the, the, the prominence there in the year where Wiggins was trying to win, but Han Jose Cobo, um, <laughs> a man of dubious uh, drug taking, uh, uh, let's think of the best way to put this, practice, uh, thought, rumoured practices, uh, did win. Uh, Froome was, uh, was not the leader of Sky, but he was the best rider on Sky and he announced himself. He wanted to win, he then you know, had chances to do so, but there was, of course, the now famous Formigal stage, short stage, which now seems to be the, the any mountain stage now is no greater than 100 k's in length. Um, the ambush there that, that happened on Team Sky, so he was there with unfinished business, and despite falling off a couple of times on one descent, he, he kind of rode the Vuelta in very much the same way as he rode the Tour, really. He shed a little bit of time, 
now and again when he was trying to recoup but you know he was always always strong enough to uh, be in a position to, to win the, the race the, the, the highlight of the, of the welter for me uh, there was two really uh, was Matteo Trentin's stage wins uh, as a sprinter uh, he, there wasn't much uh, much company for him the rest of the sprinters were away or not not using it as prep for the world um, and Thomas uh, Thomas Marginski of um, Poland and of Lotto who rode to two pretty decent uh, stage winning uh, stage winning attacks one on his own one from a small group bang perfect that's what you want a bit of Barador uh, Barador spirit so how in summary would, would, would you go about rating those you'd probably say the Giro was an 8 slow burner you know not decided till the final time trial the Tour, despite not being decided by the final time trial, probably a seven, and the Vuelta probably a seven as well. For me, they were good, good entertaining races, and you know the Froome thing might affect how it goes going forward. But it was great to have UK TV coverage every day uh, of uh, terrestrial coverage of the, the Vuelta and the Tour. Um, the Giro. It just looks amazing, you know, the pink and all of the stuff that goes with that. It's just such a beautiful bike race that, you know, I'm already wetting as I drive home. It's not even just gone half past five on a January Tuesday and it's pitch black. It was pitch black when I came into work. It's pitch black driving home from work. The, the thought of, um, of some lovely sunny Giro days is, uh, is, is already, uh, it's already on my mind. I'm not going to lie. So there you go, there is our uh, 10 minutes with a bit of overrunning uh, review of the um, Grand Tour season 2017. Hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to uh, drop us a comment and uh, use Facebook, Twitter, all of those kind of uh, the usual social media platforms, Instagram, or just through the main website to uh, let us know what um, you thought. In the meantime, we'll be back next week. We are looking to wrap up some of the mini tours the Tour, you know, the Switzerland, the Romandie, the Volta, Catalonia, those kind of races. Um, maybe even the Tour of Britain. That seems to have squeaked in as, as one of those. So, uh, yeah, look forward to it. Um, also, next week's show uh, will be back, hopefully, on its regular Monday slot. Fingers crossed. So, brilliant. Have a great week. Uh, get out on your bike if you can, and we will be speaking to you soon from all uh, on the cast podcast. A happy new year, and look forward to uh, talking to you throughout 2018.